Well, welcome to the Stoke It Up podcast, everybody, a podcast encouraging you in your journey with God. I'm Alan Stoddard, and I'm your host, and we have episode two of season three coming at you right now. I've got Kenneth Priest in this one, and we both work for Chick-fil-A, and we both are pastors. And so we've been discussing what we've learned about ministry and how the church can learn from Chick-fil-A. It's a fascinating conversation. It's only partial. We're going to do it again. But let's jump in and see what the church can learn from Chick-fil-A. All right, everybody, we are in episode number two here of the Stoke It Up podcast, and it's with Kenneth Priest, and it's good to see my brother again, of course, and catch up with him in the ministry. He is in Hawaii, still pastoring a church in Hawaii, but an interesting thing happened. He got on at the new Chick-fil-A, right? New Chick-fil-A there in Hawaii. And uh, near that time or something, I remember you hit me up and said, you ought to go check out Chick-fil-A. They're friendly to pastors. And I thought that didn't even come on my radar. But I went over yeah. there and uh, they needed some help. And next thing you know, um, they they interviewed me a few times and I got a job there. So I started thinking about Chick-fil-A and that's our favorite fan favorite. And and I started thinking, we ought to do a podcast. Because every time I go in there, I'm thinking, wow, look at what these guys have done. And how can that relate to the church? So we're going to yeah. talk about how <clears throat> Chick-fil-A can uh, influence the church. And so, Kenneth, welcome back to the podcast, man. What's going on? Yeah, del delighted to, to be back with you, Alan. Uh, you know, kicking off the new year and uh, exciting opportunities. You know, uh, my story with Chick-fil-A goes back a, a little bit longer. I, I first met uh, Wayne Hoover, who works in their corporate office, uh, probably about 12 years ago when I was with the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. And uh, I actually started bringing Wayne out to Texas uh, to do leadership training uh, for pastors and church leaders because of Chick-fil-A's serve model, their entire, you know, just the hospitality uh, that they uh, exude and that they equip and the culture that they try to create uh, is exactly what a church should be doing uh, in order to reach guests and to be very guest friendly and guest welcoming uh, in their environment. And so, you know, uh, just uh, just to, to see the progression and now to be a part of that culture, uh, working at one of the stores and seeing uh, how they're doing that and, and really trying to build the culture from within uh, is just, it, it's a great um, model for churches to really think about uh, how they are doing in these areas uh, of of guest friendliness, as well as uh, equipping people for what they're doing in their roles there at for Chick Fil A at the store, but for the church, equipping people in the roles as they're serving the church. So when I go in to interview, I'm just I'm, I got tenacious. I was very intimidated. Let me just say the whole thing. I've had two jobs, military and ministry, and neither one of those are jobs I always joke around. And yeah. I went in intimidated. I was like, so they didn't call me back immediately. Or uh, maybe they, yeah, I don't think they called me back. And so, and they were busy. They're just, it's busy. And so yeah. I actually walked in. I went old school. And I walked in and I said, hey, is the manager here? 
and uh and um I just said I I, I applied for a job and I would really love to work here. I'd love to come interview with you guys. And they called me back. And yeah. I'll tell you this: the first forty days, I about died. I I am <laughs> not. I was not in shape for that work, Kenneth. I mean, my feet hurt. I was only working four hour shifts, and I'm coming home yeah. going, "What in the world am I doing?" During the interview, they looked at my resume. And they were shaking their head going, what are you doing? Because I am just a team member. I'm not a leader. Um, I mean, they treat me as a leader there in Granbury now, but but I'm not a ship leader or something like that. I don't have the savvy. I don't know all the stuff. So I'm just a grunt there. But it has been the one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I the, couldn't the, believe the, yeah, yeah, the you know part of it's just being a part of that culture, right? I mean, they 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 really create a, a desiring culture that's something that you want to be a part of, uh, and you're excited to engage with it. And you know they they do reach a lot of um, for its first time job, you know, so they reach a lot of uh, teenagers, a lot of a lot of younger, and so when they find someone a little bit older with some experience, you know, ultimately they they're relying on the maturity that you bring in order to help them in coaching and, and modeling for the rest of the team, uh, how you should be functioning as a, as a, as an adult in this culture. So why do you think they're so successful? Why are they effective? That's a better word. Yeah. You, yeah. I think that, you know, to me, from, from my observations, part of the, the uh, effectiveness uh, of their model is um, of course they're you know they're they're technically a secular company they're family owned and they're a Christian family um, but they they're very sensitive to uh, issues and so they they use the family culture and so instead of saying you know we're closed on Sunday so that you can you know go to worship they do use that they say you know you go to worship or spend time with family and so. It, it's the family context of what they're trying to do. And so part of their effectiveness is the fact that that the family does honor God. Um, and that's true. Kathy founded it with the understanding that he's going to be closed on Sunday for him to go to worship and encourage his employees to go to worship or spend time with family. And so part of that's the effectiveness of it. <clears throat> but also it is that whole uh, creating a culture of, of, of positivity um, you know, they, they don't want people sitting around being negative and, and, and complaining. And so they, they try to do their coaching when they hear even a team leader or manager using negative language, they try to change that culture, say, okay, now what's a positive way we could say this, right? How could we help people not look at this from a negative perspective, but look at how the positive, look at the opportunity that comes out of this. And so I think that's part of the reason that that they are effective is they're always looking for that way of creating an environment and a culture that is uh, desiring to be a part of it. I mean, you know how it is, you know, having been a pastor for so many years, you know, I remember uh, uh, the, the, the old uh, very drainable people, right? You don't want to be around the very drainable people, the negative people all the time. Whereas you're out, you want to be around positive people. And that's how it is in the church. And so that's the culture they're trying to create there is, is be a positive person yourself so that other people want to be around you. 
When I uh, started working, I didn't know the technical things. I mean, I knew that you've worked in that world before. I've not. And so I was totally intimidated. And I'm glad I'm because it told me as a pastor, this is how real people work. So it's been a whole education for me. And and now I know enough to where I can interact and and, uh, it's unreal. I thought a couple things. One, I thought Chick-fil-A lives up to the hype. They really yeah. do live up to the hype. Um, they um, they train people. They're just very effective. I haven't. Another thing would be this. I haven't heard barely anything negative. The culture in Granbury, Texas, um, the the operator's name is Aaron Grant, and the I haven't heard any anything negative that I could point out. I, it would be so minuscule that I wouldn't even do it. it the, the culture doesn't allow for negativity and it's not, it's not a neg. It's not mand. It's not mandated. It just happens. I mean, it is mandated, but it's not, um, I have not seen anyone who said, this is the way we're going to be. It kind of, you just go in and it feeds into that culture. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it is something that they, they train for it though, right? I mean, they're, they're training uh, people words to use, right? My pleasure. Right. Uh, when you're, when you're saying my pleasure, it's hard for you to, to be negative about it. And so the language that they're choosing to use is what helps with that. I, I started thinking um, they, they pulled off the impossible. It feels like. I, 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 and I really analyze it. Every time I go up, I'm thinking these things. Um, and so I wrote down three things, onboarding, training, culture, and then impact. And I, I, I just have wondered like, how in the world are they doing this? What is Chick-fil-A about? Is it about chicken? Is it about money? I think if you asked any of the uh, leaders, they would say we're about people. Yeah. Uh, but all three of those are going on, and I just have never been a part of a, an, a, an of a secular organization that's like that. So let's talk yeah. about how they onboard, man. Let's talk about how they onboard. What do you see as the, with the Chick Fil A model for onboarding and an employee that the church can can learn from? Yeah, and and you might have a little more experience uh, on that side of it, the way you were onboarded than I do, because mine was a little unique in that I went into a a brand new store uh, that just opened. And so we had a lot of corporate trainers around. Uh, Like I said, I do have a little bit of background in the hospitality industry and the food service industry. And so the whole reason that I came in and doing what I'm doing um, is a little more, I guess you call it specialized in that field. And so my onboarding may have been a little bit different than yours, but overall, the the process that they're that they're doing is, you know, they're looking for certain <coughs> attributes, I guess, of individuals' des- desire to 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 work, uh, desire to to put in the the time that's needed to put in. Also, a desire to learn, a desire to be trained is a part of what they're doing. And so everything is, you know, uh, focused on those types of things on, you know, uh, 
the, the, the employee themselves has got to have the right motivation. So when you think about that translating into the church, the, the motivation of church members should be to be discipled, right? Uh, to be transformed in the image of Christ. Uh, and I think that's really where the, the difficulty comes in. Uh, and the, the, the big difference that we would see between the two is there's not a lot of Christians that come to church expecting to be discipled in our Western culture, right? We talk about discipleship, but there's not an expectation. In fact, it's more of an expectation of what's in it for me than, than how can I be discipled to look more like Jesus. Is that making sense? Yeah, it does. And I see that it, Chick-fil-A pushes the envelope of an employee. And I will say, and now I th full on, I'm a 30-year pastor here. <clears throat> now, I watch people and I'm, are we doing this because we have to do it because Chick-fil-A says we have to do it? Or do we believe that there is a serving attitude in our lives to where we go, you know what, this really is who we are. Now, we don't get it right yeah. all the time. We don't get it right. And yeah. so onboarding, uh, for me, uh, I had two or three interviews, and I was really impressed by that. I was blown away, really nervous. Um, interviewed by the operator. In the end, he sat down with me, and then two uh, managers, they, they got me. And once they realized I was in, and I think they saw some potential, they said, oh, yeah, we want this guy. And it was great. Yeah. I would say for church life, uh, as far as interview, telling people the mission, what are the details of what you're going to be doing, what's your schedule? I think churches would learn from Chick-fil-A and saying, okay, if you're going to do this ministry, this is, let us sit down and let's talk about what you will be doing. Um, yeah. And, and you got to have the right people in the right place, the whole bus thing. And I want to ask you a question about CEO model of leadership in the last 10 years. Uh, I think we got some real problems in the church with that, but I want to leave that just for a minute. So they look, they do, they never ask if you're a Christian. I was not asked if I was a Christian. I think they're looking for it. Um, and it is a Christian organization. So you're going to join and you're, there's these values. All of that's obvious in the interview. And I think we as churches would do, I think we're sloppy in the interview and the onboarding of people to serve and lead. I think. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. Especially so, you know, I, I was kind of focusing on somebody coming to the church, but you're going to the next level when you're talking about serving in the church. Yeah, We absolutely, you know, and I've dealt with this for years in church revitalization. Uh, you know, most churches, uh, have a warm body, put that person in place. They don't know. It doesn't matter if they're called to do it, gifted to do it, equipped to do it. They just kind of put people in place and want them to do the job instead of really finding people that are passionate about engaging in that ministry role, whatever it is, right? Yes. Um, there, one thing I know, I, I, I became fascinated around the middle part. I've been there six months. So a few months ago, I became fascinated. I was like, these guys are selling chicken sandwiches. They're paying employees to be uh, incredible servants. 
and they are they get this customer retention that is off the chain it's just how and i started going how are you doing here's here's what i thought they're out doing the church what do you oh, think yeah, absolutely oh absolutely i agree 100 um, percent. and it's not just there's other companies that do that as well you know debbie and i've experienced that in our ministry the company she works for um we, we've said many times, they do church better than the church, right? They take care of their employees. Uh, they, they, they make sure that, that they're loved on, they're cared for, their needs are met. They're doing for them uh, a lot better than the church does many times. And I think that's true of a lot of secular organizations, but definitely Chick-fil-A uh, takes care of their members uh, and their customers, a lot better than many churches do. I know there, there's the rare church that's doing a great job. And there's people that are going to listen to this and go, oh, no, my church is doing a great job. Yeah, that's an anomaly. The reality is, I mean, if if 85% of the churches were doing that type of thing, there would be fewer churches declining. But since 79 point whatever percent of churches are in decline, it's evidence that they're not doing church well and this is a part of doing church well, and they definitely get it. Yeah, I love it. It's I actually became a little agitated because I started saying it around Chick-fil-A. I was like, dude, Chick-fil-A is out doing the church. That's wrong. That is not right. Yeah. And yeah. I st I've been thinking about, you know, as we think about planting, I'm thinking, how can we take some of the Chick-fil-A culture and put it in <laughs> church and not just do it, because people are customers. That's been one right. of the things for me. Because there's those times yeah. where I'm serving and I, you know, I work the drive-through line. I do it. I do I can do almost everything. I'm slow at bagging, but there's other people that are better than that. So anyway, I can do it all the all the stuff. I've done it in there now. And and I'm just going, um, there's those times where some customers are very agitating. I mean, um, I, I'm 59 years old. My my mantra's been, I'm 59. I don't have to have this job. Now, I like the job. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I want to tell some customers, I want to go, you know, I don't have to be here. Now, these kids, they're just trying to get your chicken sandwich order, man. That's all they're trying to do. And you're like treating them like they're gum on your shoe. But then that's met with or partnered up with the video the Chick-fil-A video that's out there that's, uh, that shows people walking in. Have you seen that? And it tells their story. Yeah. Like somebody walks in, they say, this lady probably lost somebody in their family this week, or this lady's a single parent mom, husband just left. It's very heart-wrenching. It tells you why you serve. But right. my, point, my, my point here is just to bring up is that they the job can push you to the limit as to whether you're a true servant of God. Or are you doing it because well, you expect it on the job? Now, that's not bad. Right, right. But I think there's a whole yeah, so, other level where we go, we genuinely care right. because so, of Jesus. Yeah, so there, there's two things that they do well, right? They create raving fans. <laughs> uh, that's the clients, the customer base. They're, they're raving fans, right? Uh, and then they create... Uh, uh, a culture of, of committed worker, right? And so you've got, you've got people that are willing to, to uh, and it's not just they're, they're working to, to make money, you know, 
they're willing to help out when, when things are rough. And so, you know, you had a couple of people get sick and somebody had to leave her and somebody go, Hey, I'll stay and work longer. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Or, Hey, you know, they'll, they'll, you can call them and say, Hey, could you come in and help? They're like, Oh yeah, I'll be right there. Don't worry about it. Um, they're committed to the organization that they're in. Uh, many of them, and especially, you know, you see it in some of these younger ones, they're, they're really looking and asking the question, um, could this be a career path for me? Uh, could I own my own store one day? Uh, do I really want to commit to this path and, and learn everything about this store so that I can go into their leadership training program and maybe be my own owner operator one day? Uh, and so those two culture creates raving fans and committed uh, employees is, is really something that they're great at. If I were 20 or 30 years younger, I would consider it if I wasn't in the ministry. Yeah. yeah I can't put absolutely. the hours in. Those guys put, these young people are amazing. I'll tell you, they are, I watch these younger, young adults, high schoolers some, but mo, uh, the the cutting edge high schoolers, uh, shift leaders types and and all of them, but, but the young adults that are leading our, our Chick-fil-A, I'm just blown away. I'm like, yeah. oh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're doing a great, great job. They really do. Uh, to any young person, really to even us older guys, it's a great job. Uh, you know, initially I wasn't in shape for it, so I was about to die. But then I got my wind and I thought I can do this. So now I go in and I'm I can I'm I can hang now. I only work six to eight hour shifts and um I only do that three times a week. Um it's it's really yeah. It's really been life-changing for me. Um, I'm really yeah. processing how to. Onboarding is important. So we're, we we brought up onboarding. Another thing I've noticed is their leadership development. So let's move to that for the sake of time. Um, they do an initial training with you um, as an employee. They show you everything. I mean, they showed me every morsel. And what I didn't know, you're, here's another thing. You can always <laughs> ask questions. I mean, and yeah. you're not treated like a loser. Uh, I've seen the owner, the operator of Chick-fil-A, Aaron Grant. I've seen him do every job at that Chick-fil-A, man. Yeah, I've seen absolutely. Him do, there is nothing that guy won't do. I've watched it. Now, he doesn't do it all the time, but I'm telling you, I've seen him do everything. And I oh, want yeah, they, they step in. Yeah, they step in and do whatever needs to be done on that shift. I mean, same thing for me, Sean uh, Whaley is the owner operator of the one here in Maui. And, you know, he'll take out the trash, right? He's out on the sidewalk scrubbing uh, with a, a broom and, and, and soap when grease gets spilled on the sidewalk from one of the guys taking the, the grease after he emptied the, the, the fryers, you know? And so he'll be the one out there scrubbing it up and clean it. I mean, they do whatever it takes to make the store look nice, presentable and to operate. And so they're they're running all over the place doing they yeah they put in the hours, uh, but that's a part of the their onboarding as leaders right they're trained to do that, and that's the, the one of the great things that I do like about uh, Chick Fil A is their leadership principle is, you know I want you to be a better leader, not just for here even if you're going to leave in two months, I want you to take what you've learned and use it in life, and so part of their development is trying to help you not just here, but wherever you go from here. And so they want to give you skills that you can be a better person whenever you go out from this place. I'm, I've been incredibly impressed. You know, they've been so nice to me. 
they know, you know, I was, um, for the sake of our listeners, you know, from my leadership, uh, I've been, I was army 11 years and then I've been in the ministry and had a lot of good leadership exposure and equipping more than most people get in a lifetime, uh, which I didn't deserve, but I'm thankful. And they recognize that. And so, yeah. but I was telling a friend of mine the other day, who's, uh, he, he works there and he's been a leader in the military too, um, that we don't fit exactly into the younger development with these guys. Cause we have leaders at Chick-fil-A who are developing the younger leaders. If we were in that circle, we would want to talk and interact. That's not our role. It's interesting how that works. Um, yeah. we, it, it, it would, it would upset the whole paradigm. Um, and yet we're still apart and we get to influence because I told somebody the other day, you know, leadership is influencing people to accomplish the mission of God by providing three things, purpose, direction, and motivation. And yep. uh, it's it's interesting to see these young people learning to be leaders. They sit in the back of the store once a week and uh, our, our uh, one of our main guys there, uh, can't remember what his title is, but his name's Kelvin. He's a dynamite guy, and he's taking all these young people and leaders in training, they call it here. Yeah. It, it is incredible to see these young people learning that CEO business model. Now, I want to ask you something. Do you think the leadership yeah. model of the Bill Hybels model of Willow Creek business model, Chick-fil-A, does it have some dangers for the church? Can it go too far? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, the, the difficulty with any of those models, and it's the same difficulty that, that a, a store uh, such as Chick-fil-A, uh, an owner could, could get uh, if they're not cautious uh, and, and really surround themselves with the right other leaders to help them um, on the journey uh, is, is ego. You know, I mean, Ken Blanchard in his Lead Like Jesus, uh, he defined ego as edging God out. Uh, and so that CEO model uh, can become to, to a point uh, very quickly. And that's what we've seen happen in a number of these churches that, that use that business model, CEO model. Uh, you just kind of look around at some of the recent failures uh, of these things. It's because ego got the best of them. They actually started thinking that they are somebody important uh, instead of understanding, you know, you're just a sheep herder, man. You're, you're an under shepherd. Uh, that's your job. Your job's not to, to be too good to do anything. Your job is to do whatever it takes to serve the church. Uh, and so that, that model in the church, I, I know it's used and I know there are some very successful churches out there that utilize it, but I see that the two dangers are ego. And the other danger is, um, uh, lack of effective transitional strategy for the future, right? When that CEO pastor retires, um, the church oftentimes is not prepared for with a succession plan that can see through uh, a transition to bring in another leadership like that. Uh, it, it suffers greatly. Um, Member, you lose members. Oftentimes, there's conflict um, because someone's trying to come in and lead like the guy, last guy that left, 
And the difference is the last guy that left, you know, well, maybe he's been there for 30 years. And so he built up credibility to be able to lead that way. And maybe he was effective in leading that way. Uh, but it's because he, he built up the credibility to do that. Uh, but it doesn't transition to the next person as easily. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I, we could go a whole nother podcast and maybe we will on uh, the last 10 years of where CEO style leadership, I bought up on some of that. And I think there's some of it you got to have, but I love what you just said about that. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that for another day and another time. Um, training at Chick-fil-A. So pastors and leaders and my Christian friends listening, I would encourage you to, when you onboard in a church, you ought to be onboarding. I think that's something that you can own yourself. You say, well, they don't do that in my church. Well, why don't you start doing it? Go offer yourself up. When I went to Chick-fil-A, I went in. That's an old school thing. When they didn't call me back, I went in and said, I want the job. I want to serve. Yeah. And it's helped me. It's stressed me and stretched me to go, are you doing this because you love God? Or are you doing this because it's the culture of Chick-fil-A? They can be synonymous. Right. They, but they can also be antithetical. Um, right. Absolutely. What can the church learn from Chick-fil-A uh, that would make you a better pastor, Kenneth? Well, <clears throat> I think that, the, you know, dealing with that training issue, one of the, the great things, you know, Chick-fil-A does is, you know, they've got their, I don't know if you've been involved with watching any of their pathway training. Yes. But they have on online training. Uh, so they do training there at the store. They do on the on the job training, you know, put put a coach next to you, you know, somebody you're walking with to learn how to do it. But then they assign you online training. Uh, and so you can watch videos and learn how to do things and and, you know, be able to to figure out the technical stuff that you need before you go out and actually are trying to do it for the first time yourself. And so when you think about that for the for the pastor, uh, to me, it's an encouragement for, uh, and you and I have been involved in this for a long time. Uh, Daryl Eldridge was real big on, you know, being a lifelong learner. Um, uh, if you graduated seminary, you know, 25 years ago, and you've done nothing to sharpen your skills in preaching, in presenting, in, in leadership, um, then you're, you're a few decades behind, Right. Uh, and so you've got to be that lifelong learner, always looking for a conference, looking for an event, looking for online training you can get, looking for a book that you can read, looking for someone that can help develop you as a mentor. That is so important as a part of the training process. And that's important for a pastor to be a part of as well. Yeah, that's excellent, man. Well, uh, we got to uh, shut the podcast down for this episode. We feel like we've only tapped into some of it, but I would encourage yeah. any church and church leader <clears throat> and us as Christians to take an, a look at the at Chick-fil-A and go, what can we learn from these guys? Because they should not be outdoing local churches with a passion to serve. Now, they've got a unique uh, thing because they get to have a product that we all want to go and eat and love, and they've created this environment. <laughs> it's wholesome. Yeah families love it because kids can go and use the inside gym and it's just uh the inside um um not gym um playground, playground. and yeah. it's just an incredible thing but we would do well to serve with the honest passion 
to put people first. That's one thing that I've taken away. They do put people first. Say what you want about the chicken, and it's good. Say what you want yeah. about uh, it's all about dollars, and it is. It's a business, okay? Praise the Lord. But I can honestly say that it's about people first. There are things, and I feel sorry for people who work in other places. I can't go to another fast food restaurant now. I went into one the other day, and one guy was working the entire drive through And I thought, yeah. wow, today at Chick-fil-A at Granberry, there were six people working the drive through Inside. Yeah. Two packers, yeah. a pusher someone working the drive-through, a drink maker, and someone taking the order. Right. Yeah. It's a well-oiled machine. They staff up appropriately for the business they've got. What's your favorite meal there, man? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I got a couple of different favorite ones. You know, for breakfast, I really like the egg white uh, grilled sandwich. You know, a lot of people, don't, the, the grilled chicken that they do at breakfast has a citrus marinade and the lunch has a garlic marinade. And I really like that citrus marinade. I uh, but then uh, I like their, uh, yeah, I like their Cobb salad as well. Uh, but I like to put the hot grilled uh, filet on there instead of the, the fried nuggets makes it a little bit healthier for you. So uh, for lunch, uh, go with the Cobb salad with grilled chicken for breakfast, get you an egg white grill. How about you? I like the, uh, well, you know this already, the chicken biscuit with the jelly on it. You're from the South, so you get it. Gina, yeah, yeah. Gina's such a, my wife is such a rebellious, uh, rebellion against that. She won't do it, but the jelly just throws <laughs> it off. Uh, I, I like right. that. And then for uh, lunch, I like the kale salad with the grilled nuggets, man. I'm trying to eat healthy. Do and it's tasty. I love Matter of fact, I watched. I went back and watched them how they made those grilled nuggets a couple of days ago. I was like, I want to watch this. It's incredible. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, look, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Love you guys over there in Hawaii, and keep sharing the gospel. Love you too, brother. Take this conversation. Do something with it there in Hawaii. I'll do the same here, and uh, we'll talk to you on the next podcast when I hit you up to do something, man. That sounds great. Talk to you later. Okay, man.